Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It is Monday, April 24th. So glad that you are with us. Since it's the beginning of a week, might be helpful just to briefly do a flyover of why we do these devotionals, what our goal is, what we're trying to do, et cetera, et cetera. So we are preaching through the Gospel of Matthew on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. And what we're doing is the week prior to preaching on that passage, we are studying together the passage that we're going to be preaching on. So in this way, um, the idea is that we get to journey together as I'm digging into the passage, learning, dissecting it, um, you know, trying to understand it in preparation for preaching it. Um, you also kind of get a behind the scenes look at biblical interpretation and Lord willing, um, what you get from this is not simply theological information or knowledge, but you get some tools so that you know how to study the Bible for yourself, to be a, to be a self-feeder. So that's our goal. That's what we're aiming to do in these times. And, um, and so along the way, I may give you little homework assignments. I may say, um, hey, for tomorrow, check this out or do this. But we always use the Monday morning to kind of get the big picture, to kind of do the overview. And so let me read the passage that we're going to be um, digging into this week. And then we can start some of that overview stuff, contextual stuff to help us as we launch out into our own study. So we are in Matthew chapter five, Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be in verses 31 through 37. So let me read the passage. And we'll dig in. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you may be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. All right, so, so let, let's, let's get the context here. So starting back, we need to start big. Okay, in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew's job is to show that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. He's the fulfillment. He is the, the, the messianic king. And so this theme of kingship uh, weaves its way all throughout Matthew's Gospel. And when Jesus comes onto the scene as an adult ministering, he comes declaring the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. So he's a... He's a uh, baptized by John, which is kind of a coronation. And then he goes around and he's doing works of the kingdom, right? He's showing how the kingdom is beating back the darkness. So he's healing, doing exorcisms, um, doing good deeds. And as people are gravitating to him, he now is going to take the opportunity for his first major discourse, life in the kingdom. And he wants to show them what the blessed life, the happy life, um, the flourishing life looks like in God's 
kingdom? What, what, what life are his disciples, his followers meant to take on? Knowing that this is not meant to be a mere duty for them, but it is the true path of life and flourishing. So we've talked about the Beatitudes. Um, and then Jesus has, has taken pains to say, now I want to unpack the Old Testament law for you. And Jesus' goal in unpacking the Old Testament law is not to give us a new teaching, but it's to do two things. One, to show us where the scribes and Pharisees have misinterpreted God's law. And then two, to show the deepest meaning of the law and how that is fulfilled in Christ. Okay, So last week, we looked at the issues of anger and lust, and those correspond to the sixth and seventh commandments. So that's where Jesus starts. Well, now he's giving us two more examples, ethical areas in our life, the issue of divorce and remarriage, and the issue of oath-taking, or what we might say, truth-telling. Now, why, why is Jesus addressing these two areas? Okay, a couple of reasons. One, they build on what he's taught before. So he's been teaching on the Ten Commandments. That's what we would call God's moral law, okay, still applicable to us as believers today. But in the Old Testament, there was also two other kinds of laws. There's, there were civil laws and ceremonial laws. So civil laws mean those laws that governed um, societal institutions, the way that people lived, the way they related to one another, punishments, um, way think, disputes were handled. It, it was a whole host of things. Uh, it also prescribed how, what they were to eat and what they were to wear. And this, is, this was symbolic of the idea that God's people were set apart for holiness. And then, of course, thirdly, there was the ceremonial law. This was the law of the temple, the priests that involved the sacrifices, uh, being clean or unclean, and part of people's uh, spiritual act of, of worship. And so Jesus has started with a moral law, but now he's um, going to address a couple of areas of case law, okay, or civil law, law that was um, meant to apply to the fabric of relationships in the context of human society, and he, and he talks about divorce, and he talks about oaths. Now, now, why those two things? Well, it seems that, there, that those were two areas particularly that were uh, the teachings by the scribes and Pharisees greatly distorted Old Testament teaching. In other words, uh, remember, the people did not read Hebrew, which is what the ancient scrolls were, were written in, the, the original writings, uh, later translated to Greek, but they couldn't read Hebrew, but, but the Pharisees could. And so the people were dependent upon the Pharisees to tell them what was taught in the law. And along the way, all sorts of rules and regulations had been added to the clear teachings of the Old Testament, so much so that the law was incredibly laborious and people had just kind of given up on the law, right? There was, it was so hard, it was too hard to follow. They th sort of threw in the towel. And, and Jesus here is wanting to clear the deck. He's wanting to give people an accurate teaching of what the Old Testament says about these two things. Also, these two things are really at the heart and fabric of Old Test, of, 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 life in the intertestamental period um, for the Jewish people. So the time from the Old Testament ended to when Jesus came, um, particularly related to divorce and oath-keeping. These were two prominent areas of 
um, of, of Israelite living and life that had been greatly distorted, and Jesus is wanting to provide um, the correct interpretation. Now, saying all that to say, this is the first time I've looked at this passage just like you. I mean, I've looked at it before and read it, all that. I just mean, as far as in preparation for the sermon this week, um, I'm looking at it in the same, same um, bandwidth of time that, that you are. So, so here are the things that immediately come to mind that I'm going to want to explore further, okay? So um, in no particular order. So first of all, when it says, it was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. I want to know where in the Old Testament that that, that is said, okay? I want to understand the original context. I want to try to understand what it is that was first taught in the Old Testament, and then try to discern what error Jesus is wanting to correct. Now, I'm on my electronic iPad, so if you tap a little subscript by the Bible verse on my tablet, it, it pulls up uh, Deuteronomy 24.1. So that kind of gives me a sense that, okay, that's where I'm going to start. This is Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament. Now, the fact that he says, but I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife on, except on the ground of sexual immorality, it seems here that Jesus is wanting to provide a corrective which takes people back to the original intention and design of marriage. And so, so in addition to wanting to know where this verse comes from, whoever divorces his wife, I also want to know what were the Old Testament teachings about divorce? Okay, in general, right? So we know he's quoting, looks like Deuteronomy 24. What else does the Old Testament have to say about divorce and remarriage? Okay, now when we're looking at oaths, okay, what I'm wanting to, again, discern, you shall not swear falsely, but perform, perform to the Lord what you have seen. I want to know, where does that quote come from? And I pull this up here, and it says that comes from Leviticus 19. So what I'm going to do what I'll encourage you to do is go back and look at Leviticus 19. Go back and look at Deuteronomy 24. Now, the rest of this verse can be seemingly obscure. Do not take an oath at all, um, for it is the throne of God or by the earth. Um, do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you may say be simply yes or, yes or no. So there's obviously a reference here to some sort of practice of oath keeping um, that was known to the people at the time, but which for us is a little more obscure. And so what I would recommend for this is that use a good study Bible or a commentary to go and see what were the common practices of oath taking in that time, okay? Um, is that different than a promise or a pledge? Or how is it similar? How is it different? I would also um, want to understand from the rest of the Gospels, are there other instances where Jesus addresses this issue? And in that way, what I'm doing here in this first phase of biblical interpretation, I am collecting information. I am collecting data so that I can begin to understand what the meaning of the text is. Because remember, the point of the sermon needs to be the point of the text. 
And what I think we are going to be finding here is that Jesus, that, 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 that whatever the Pharisees were doing in relationship to these two areas was mere, um, was just surface, okay? It was just window dressing. It wasn't heartfelt. Um, it was something that maybe tried to um, abide by the law technically, um, while not while not acknowledging its spirit. That that's sort of a working theory right now. But one of the things that I, that as you're doing some of this background and research this week, as you're unpacking this text for yourself, that I would just cue us in on is that we always have to ask God to, to reveal our hearts to us, that as we approach his word, as we approach his law, is our posture one of, let me figure out how to get around this? Or is it one of eager obedience, eager submission? And I think in all of these ethical areas that Jesus is teaching about, that's what it's going to come down to. If, if your approach to the law is, to, is that it's bad, it's, it's, it inhibits us, it's something to work around, then you're always going to gravitate to surface-level interpretations of the law. However, if your attitude is one, I want to please God, honor Him, submit to Him, then we will look to the heart of the law. What's the law trying to do here? How is it trying to speak to our hearts? And this is always a great corrective, a great question for us to ask ourselves as we approach any study of God's word. So let me pray. Lord, give us hearts that want to truly know your word and be obedient to it, whatever the cost, whatever, whatever that might involve. And so, Lord, we don't want to play words with your word. We don't want to play games with your word. We don't want to trifle with it. We want to acknowledge that it is good and right and true, and we want to submit our lives to it. Where we ask these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, you got your homework assignment. Go forth, multiply. We will be back tomorrow. Have a great day.